from NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. This is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for this next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. And if you love rom-coms, you are totally going to fall in love with this show. Our VIP is best-selling author and screenwriter Delia Efron. Now, please give it up for our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello, everybody. It looks like we have our first two contestants. Please welcome Kelsey Ament and Ed Knazel. Hello, Kelsey. Hi there. How are you? Good. Uh, I understand you review movies on a blog called Pretentious Netflix. Yes. Basically, it's um, a whole blog of just anything that people are sort of scared to watch, um, like, you know, anything Ingmar Bergman, anything Federico Fellini. Right, highbrow you know, stuff. Yeah, just like those things that people are like, I don't know if I want to devote two and a half hours to this. <laughs> so That is so our time, right? We're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of time. <laughs> so it's one of those things where basically I review it and I say whether or not you'd be sort of into it, depending on what you're into. Oh, that sounds great. I love it. Okay. And Ed, you work... Very interesting job. I didn't even know this existed in uh, environmental, the environmental office in airports. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So you travel around to airports and try to decide who is doing their job to help the right. environment. Well, yes, uh, just the ones around here, Newark, Kennedy, uh, uh, LaGuardia for the most part. Um, and we're working to make those airports run a little bit more sustainable and environmentally nice. Okay, well, this game is called The Answer Lies Within, and you're in luck because I'm feeling very generous. So in this game, I'm going to tell you the answer to each question, and by that I mean the answer to each question will be contained within the question itself. I know. And joining us is our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, and he is going to give us an example. Greg? All right, Ed and Kelsey, if we said this cable channel was launched on June 17, 1985, just shortly after British scientists announced their discovery of the ozone hole, then the answer would be discovery. Ah. <laughs> Fun, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so listen carefully, and the winner of this round will move on to our Ask Me One More Final round at the end of the show. Here we go. What's the official nickname of the first state to ratify the U.S. Constitution? Kelsey. The first? <laughs> the first, the first... State. Yes, good. We're going to do it. <laughs> first state. Terrible nickname. They were not that inventive back then. But they were the only one. They were the only one. They were. They were the first to like it on Facebook. Should have called themselves the only state. <laughs> <laughs> the only state. The only state. That's right. The title character of this popular Showtime drama series showed some dexterity as both a crime scene analyst and a prolific criminal. Kelsey. Dexter? Exactly. Dexter is correct. <laughs> Never really think about that, how a murderer should be agile. Like a cat. <laughs> if your math teacher was very mean, she might have you add up a thousand different numbers and divide the sum of those numbers by 1,000 to find this. Ed. The mean. The mean is correct. Do you know why math teachers are mean? 
Why? Because they have a lot of problems. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Did you get that off a Dixie cup? <laughs> Snapple. You finish your popsicle and that joke is there on the stick. The cover of this magazine's September 3rd, 1970 issue featured Rolling Stones lead singer Mick Jagger wearing what appears to be pink lipstick. Ed. Rolling Stone. Yes, exactly. Which was a scandal, the pink lipstick, right? Because he's a winter. He was hanging out with David Bowie, I think. Do you remember what the article was about? No. Was it like, there's no way he's doing this in 40 years? <laughs> Get your tickets. <laughs> Get your ticket. Dubbed the Lady with the Lamp, nursing pioneer Florence Nightingale was born in what European city? Oslo. <laughs> Kelsey, I feel like we forgot what the game is for a second there. <laughs> Oslo is an excellent guess, but not contained within the question. Ed, can you steal? <laughs> yes, please ring in. Ed. It's <laughs> Koala Lamp Poor. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, that was very creative. Good one. No, the answer is actually. Florence. She was born in Florence, Italy. But her parents were lazy. You know what, Ed? You tried to make it work, and I respect I you for that. Before launching one of the world's most successful companies, this technology pioneer with this last name held jobs designing video games for Atari and entertaining kids by dressing up as the Mad Hatter. Kelsey. Jobs. Yes, exactly. Steve Jobs. All right, this is your last question. Many of the exterior scenes in this Oscar-winning movie starring Marlon Brando were filmed on the waterfront of Hoboken, New Jersey. Kelsey. On the waterfront? On the waterfront is correct. Puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. I believe our winner is Kelsey. Congratulations. Congratulations, Kelsey. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Say hello to our next two contestants, Sean Dugas and Christine Dahl. All right, Sean. Christine, if you could predict any big trend for this year, what do you think is going to be hot? I would say, based on the, the Golden Globes and, and the gowns, taking it to its logical conclusion after the sheer, I'm going to say invisible clothing. Invisible clothing. Okay, I like that. Futuristic and simple, which I like. <laughs> yes. Sean? I, uh, I feel like I'm never on the cutting edge of what fashion is, and I just hope that that's going to be whatever I already own, because <laughs> I don't have a lot of money to spend on fashion, but I'd like to look nice, you know? So what you're saying is, what's in Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if my name could be in the fashion trend, that'd be great. That'd be great yeah, for perfect. publicity. I think that sounds attainable. I think Sean is the new Dave this season. Isn't that what's happening? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, well, this game is called Mime Time. Yep, Mime Time. 
Jonathan Colton, please explain. Well, as you know, I am on the cutting edge of what is hot, and this year, it is the year of the mime. That's right. Mimes are hot. Everyone's going to want to cash in on this money-making trend. <laughs> so we're going to quiz you on people, titles, and products that have been mimified. Mm-hmm. Greg Pliska, let's have an example of that, please. A mime invents a device that travels through history in this reboot of an H.G. Wells classic. That's right. The title is The Mime Machine, not The Time Machine. That's right. But, groaning, well, <laughs> groaning is appropriate. Sure. Every answer will include a terrible pun using the word mime. <laughs> it's important to get this kind of comedy out of the way at the very beginning of the show. <laughs> Setting ourselves up for victory later on. Basically, we took a poll. We're like, what are two things people hate? <laughs> That's right. Let's Mimes and puns. <laughs> Got it. Okay, you ready? Yes. Here we go. In this twist on an old school computer game, the player clicks on gray squares to reveal numbers that show the locations of nearby mimes. Sean. Mime sweeper. That's right. Although I couldn't help thinking the idea of like being able to find the location of nearby mimes. So you'd be like, you know, grinder, Tinder, mimer. <laughs> like if you could just use that. Mimes near you. Uh, yeah, mimes near you, so you could avoid those places. <laughs> Cindy Lauper cashes in on the mime trend, removing all the vocals from one of her hit songs and renaming it this. Christine. Mime after mime. Indeed. <laughs> A recurring nightmare in France. <laughs> <laughs> this Great Depression tune has been completely updated. Ten-cent coins are out, and mimes are in. Sean. Brother, can you spare a mime? Yes. The answer is probably yes. If you just had one mime, you could, you could get through another day. <laughs> a mime used to go a lot further back then. That's right. <laughs> Mimes from East and West Germany tear down an imaginary wall in a proposed stage show. The show's title is a play off the year this event happened. What is it called? Christine. 1980 Mime. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's right. Smattering of applause. That's about right. <laughs> Seven Up, Sprite, and Sierra Mist have all gotten in on the mime action. <laughs> the mime action. I know, the mime action. The mime action. By changing their flavor to this. Sean. Uh, lemon mime. Lemon mime. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> this famous designer's underwear will now be known as CM, and it will be worn exclusively by buff mimes. <laughs> Sean. Calvin Mime? Yeah, yeah, that's the answer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This Dostoevsky novel involves mimes being thrown into invisible cells that they can't escape. Well, they could, but they are really committed to the act. Sean. Mime and punishment. Yes. A redundant title. <laughs> Please, one or the other, not both. <laughs> Greg, how'd they do in that game? Uh, they did brilliantly, uh, and Sean is our winner. Congratulations, Sean. We'll see you at the end of the show. 
Coming up, our very important puzzler is author and screenwriter Delia Efron, and she's going to school us on how to properly behave in any family situation. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Everybody, thanks again for listening to Ask Me Another. We love our listeners, and we would love to hear from you, your feedback. So why not go to nprlistens.org and send us a little email and let us know what you think. Thanks. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and let's welcome our very important puzzler, Delia Efron. Now, I've been saying your last name is Efron. I feel like that's how I know it, but that is not how you pronounce it. Is that correct? That's true. I pronounce it Efron. Efron. And about... Five months ago, I found that it wasn't pronounced that way. <laughs> a girlfriend of mine told me that. She said, you're pronouncing your name wrong. I, I can't even explain this. I don't even, then I started calling my sisters. How do you pronounce our name? And they are all pronouncing it wrong. So I, I know this so is are not... Are they all pronouncing it differently? Well, we, we are the Efren sisters. Okay, well, we're going right. Efren going forward. Okay, yes. Okay. And you, uh, you are part of a powerhouse family of writers, your parents, uh, successful screenwriters. You and all of your sisters are writers. Some writers go, oh, I fell into writing, or some say, oh, I, I discovered it. But I love that you had said that uh, you were basically programmed. Yes, both my parents were writers, and every time I said something funny, my father shouted, that's a great line, write it down. <laughs> and the dinner tables were constant reinforcement of bring your stories here, tell them. And I don't think I would have been rewarded for anything else. You know, it's just, I mean, my sister Nora was born knowing she wanted to be a writer. I was so frightened of the family destiny that I didn't become a writer till 29, Amy 39 and Hallie 49. So it's weird, right? right? When, yeah. when everyone discovered it. Yeah. Well, no, everybody just knew they had to do it, but they couldn't face it. <laughs> Now, you wrote a very funny manners quiz for the New York Times. Thank you. Uh, with multiple choice answers on how to deal with different family situations. And we took inspiration from that. So right now, Dila, you're going to help us with a phone game. So let's hear from our caller. Hello, caller. You're on Ask Me Another. Hi, Ophira. Hi, Delia. This is Stephanie Martinez in Grand Prairie, Texas. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. So <laughs> you, you recently got married. Congratulations. I did. Thank you. How would you think your family would describe you? Are you the pragmatic one, or are you the wild one? I think we're still trying to get accustomed to one another. My daughter and I are a blended family with my husband and his three kids. So as wild as a pragmatic person can get, uh, I'm probably right there in the middle. All right. (laughs) Undecided. I like that. Undeclared. (laughs) So, Stephanie, this game is called Family Manners. We all have to navigate challenging relationships with our family members, and Delia's made a career of exploring those relationships. So before the show, we gave her some hypothetical family conflicts and asked her to pick one of several choices. And all you have to do is tell us how you think she answered. Got it. And if you get enough right, 
We're going to send you a signed copy of Delia's latest book, Sister, Mother, Husband, Dog, etc. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Are you ready? Super ready. Okay. Here we go. Your foodie sister-in-law insists that everyone elevate the next family potluck dinner by bringing fancier dishes. Do you, A, buy something with fennel or quinoa in it at Whole Foods and pass it off as your own, or... B, bring your usual tuna casserole, but tell her the ingredients were locally sourced and that you sous vide the tuna for a better mouthfeel. <laughs> I like the word mouthfeel. Can we do B, please? <laughs> I like that word, too. Yes. Yes, I like it. So what do you think? How, how do you think Delia answered that? I'm going to go with B. B? Delia, how'd she do? A- absolutely. She's absolutely right. I could not... Well, in both cases, I have to lie, so that's, like, not great, okay? (laughs) But um, the first one, I'm passing something off that's not my own, so that was, like, not happening for me. right? And in the second case, I mean, I'm making a tuna casserole? I've never even made it. Who makes tuna casserole? (laughs) You know, so, like, I was a little thrown by that, but it seemed to me that it was better, at least I was claiming it as my own, although I was lying about how I made it. You were correct. (laughs) You're doing great, Stephanie. Here's your next one. Your mother always commandeers the remote and makes you watch four-hour marathons of NCIS. Do you subtly suggest that something not starring a gravelly-voiced Mark Harmon might be on? Or... B, tell her Mark Harmon has 12 kids by 10 different mothers and doesn't pay child support, but if she wants to spend her time watching him, that's her decision. (laughs) That's funny. I'm going to go with... It's true. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to go with A. Yes, absolutely, because actually I do that kind of binge-watching all the time, and I have great respect for it. I'm now obsessed (laughs) with Law & Order SVU, which I call... Yes, yeah, SUV, and can't get enough. So, you know, yes. Your parents want to wait to celebrate your birthday until all of your siblings arrive from out of town a week later. Do you suck it up and wait? It's not a birthday without family. B, volunteer to pick up your sisters at the airport, then blow them off and stay home with a bottle of Riesling and a seven-layer cake. Or (laughs) C, use the birthday party to announce that Angelina Jolie has just optioned your tell-all novel about your dysfunctional family. I'm going to go with A. A, suck it up and wait. You're a good person, Stephanie. Delia, how did you answer? C. C! (laughs) You see, I wrote a novel about my dysfunctional family, and it was optioned, and it was made into a movie. So... Oh, yes. But not with Angelina Jolie, of course, but nevertheless. So I felt I had to be honest and answer it that way. Stephanie, you've got enough right to win a signed copy of Delia's book, so congratulations. Thank you. And we got to learn so much about you, Delia, and we're going to have you later back in the show for your own challenge. Another hand for Delia Efren. Thank you. If you'd like to compete on Ask Me Another from the comfort of your own home, no problem. All you need is a landline and a dream. 
So send us an email at askmeanother.npr.org, and we'll see if you have what it takes to be a phone contestant on our show. This next game is called Sounds Delicious. And when I think of delicious, I think music game. Right, Jonathan? Yes, yes, you do. That's because you know me. If there's one thing I love as much as music, it's food. And if there's another thing, it's songs about food. And if there were a third thing, it would be games about songs about food. I dream about games about songs about food. (laughs) And apparently I love a lot of things. Those are just three of them. Okay, well, you're going to love our next two contestants. Denise Huth and Ryan Finelli. (laughs) Denise and Ryan, you have a lot in common. You both share a profession. You're both high school chemistry teachers. And you both share a bed. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) That we do. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Boyfriend, girlfriend, live together? We do live together, yes. All right, so who in, how long have you been living together? Uh, a couple months. Denise, how's it going? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is one improvement you'd like to give Ryan over the radio? Oh, man. I think he should learn to use the Swiffer. Whoa! And so it begins. <laughs> Ryan, get out of there, man. Get out of there. <laughs> Ryan, I would ask what's thing, one thing you would give Denise, but... I don't think you have any requests. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you're going to be fine. <laughs> well, in this game, you two lovers will be mashing up songs that feature foods in their titles with the names of actual foods. So first I'm going to play part of a song, then Afira will give you a clue to a food. You will need to remember both the title of the song and the food, and then combine them. You are confused because this is confusing. <laughs> I'm going to give you an example right now. Here's how it works. Cheeseburger in paradise. Heaven on earth with an onion slice. Not too particular, not too precise. I'm just a cheeseburger in paradise. And then I'm going to give you a food clue. A pretty cool basic building block of a salad. So when you combine the song (laughs) title with the food... The answer is obviously cheeseburger in paradiseburg lettuce. Okay. Each clue is going to take about 25 minutes to get to. We have granola bars and bananas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is what they call a driveway moment, if you have a very long driveway. I know your brains are exploding right now. Just remember... In every answer, the title of the song will come first, and then the food will be added at the end at a certain syllabic pivot point. <laughs> Forget it. You're, it's a fulcrum. You're doomed. It's not going to work. <laughs> the song and the food will overlap in some way. Everybody's going to have a great time. <laughs> Here we go. Here's your first song. I know a guy who's tough but sweet. He's so fine he can't be beat He's got everything that I desire Set some of sun on fire I want this thing And here's your food clue A Halloween confection that kind of tastes like wax 
Denise. I want candy corn. Yes. Yeah, see? <laughs> and we were so worried. <laughs> Living is easy with eyes closed. Misunderstanding all you see. It's getting hard to be someone, but it all works out. It doesn't matter much to me. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to. Here's your food clue a round breakfast bread with a hole in it that incorporates all the flavors in the world. Ryan. Strawberry Fields for Everything Bagel. Brilliant. You're feeling pretty good right now, both of you. <laughs> Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of this fruit. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of this fruit. These fruits come from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory downtown. Food clue. It's a dish that features a type of mollusk found on land. French land, specifically. Ryan. Peach escargot? Yes! Love is like a bomb, baby, come on, get it on. Living like a lover with a red eye phone. Looking like a tramp, like a video vamp. Demolition woman, can I be your man? Hey, hey. Take the bottle, shake it up. Break the bubble, break it up. This soy-based broth is typically served before sushi. They are thinking. Oh. Ryan. Is it pour some sugar on miso soup? Yes. Take <laughs> <laughs> a minute. All right, this is your last clue. Call my baby Jonathan Colton, tell you why. Because he's sweeter than an apple pie. And when he does a shaky rock and dance, man, I haven't got a chance. I call him Jonathan Colton, Jonathan Colton, oh Johnny, 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 Jonathan Colton, Jonathan Colton, oh Johnny, 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 Jonathan Colton, Jonathan Colton, oh Johnny, 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 Jonathan Colton. Thanks, everybody. Here's your food clue. This bite-sized fried seafood dish is popular at Red Lobster. Denise. Lollipopcorn shrimp? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. Ryan is our winner. Congratulations, Ryan. You are going to our final round coming at the end of the show. They hug, See, They still love they? each they other. Oh, that's wonderful. Other. He's going out to buy a Swiffer right now. All right, everybody, let's say hello to Juan Gelpi and Amelia Kidd. Here is my odd question for you both. If you could play any president or, what the heck, vice president in a movie, who would you choose, Amelia? 
I would probably say Joe Biden, just because I love him so much. (laughs) And because I'm prone to the occasional gaffe now and then. Oh, yeah, just so you can screw up a little bit and it's cool. Yeah, Yeah, all right. How about you, Juan? Uh, I think I'd have to pick Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, okay. And why is that? You really have to ask. (laughs) Well, I want to know your specific reason. Uh, He presided over a period of progressive politics and excellent economics. (laughs) Is that a euphemism? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This game is called Presidential Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Did you know that the movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was based on a true story? Yes, that's right. Abe Lincoln was a president. So although that film wasn't a box office hit, Hollywood loves a commander-in-chief who is a man of action. So we've come up with some movie pitches in which other U.S. presidents hunt down various monsters. Okay, so your job is to tell us what these movies might be called. And for an example, let's go to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. When one of Ben Franklin's wacky inventions brings creatures from the Jurassic era to 1779, it's up to the father of our country to track them down and tan their scaly hides. That would be a pitch for the movie George Washington, Dinosaur Hunter. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So each answer will be a U.S. president's full name, then a type of monster, then hunter. Let's do this. In this thriller, the nation's heftiest president somehow climbs a beanstalk and battles a race of people even larger than himself. Amelia. William Howard Taft, Giant Hunter? Exactly. Yes, indeed. Why is this president on the $20 bill? Because he saved the Earth from an interplanetary invasion. That's why. Juan. Andrew Jackson, Alien Hunter. You got it. Yes. This rugged, outdoorsy commander-in-chief travels to the Himalayas to track down a wily humanoid snow beast. Bully for him. Juan. Theodore Roosevelt, Yeti Hunter. Exactly, that is. This is your last clue. He was the president who was never elected president or vice president. So he slays giant fire-breathing lizards because he has something to prove. Juan. Gerald Ford, Dragon Hunter. That's right. How'd we do, Greg? Well, I believe Juan is our winner. Congratulations. Thanks, Juan. We'll see you later in our Ask Me One More final round. Coming up, we'll see if our VIP, Delia Efren, whose movies include You've Got Mail, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and Hanging Up, can tell one romantic comedy from another. So stay tuned. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Please welcome our very important puzzler, screenwriter, director, playwright, and author of the new book, Sister, Mother, Husband, Dog, etc., Delia Efren. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I ate this book up. 
I loved it. Oh, thank you. It is very heartfelt. It's a memoir. Uh, there's uh, stories about your life and also uh, present and past. It's tons of very funny, dark humor. The first chapter is about you and your sister Nora, uh, your sisterhood, the complications, the love, the generosity, her sickness. It seemed to me that that was a very difficult, uh, beautiful but difficult chapter to write, and I'm just wondering what made you decide to, to start with that? Well, my sister had died in June, and it was September, and the seasons changed. You know, that was such a big thing that she wasn't there for the fall. I just was so lost because I'm second and we were collaborators as well as sisters and she bossed me around from the day I was born. She was thrilled to get me. And uh, I just was so confused and I started to write at that. Just because I'm a writer and that's what we do, we write to get to another place. You did many different things before you became a writer. And I, had, I had a mean boss. You had a mean boss? Yeah, I had this... Has anyone here had a mean boss? I, um, the thing about him... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was this when you were Girl Friday? Um, yes, I was okay. a Girl Friday. I had this mean boss. And I didn't know, because he wasn't really mean to me for a while, but then I found out that eventually a mean boss is mean to everyone. So he started, you know, ragging on me about whatever I wasn't doing right. And I stood up and I said, I quit. And as I walked out the door, he shouted, You're flat-chested. I swear, I swear. This is my favorite story. This is my favorite thing that ever happened to me because I love to tell it. I just love it. And, of course, to lifelong regret, I did not answer back. Right. You know? I just left. But, I mean, I've spent a long time thinking about what I could have said <laughs> in return. Right. <laughs> the little, uh, yeah, fake yes, fights. But, I mean, you know, it was great because then I became... I became a crocheter. Right, you were the one. You were <laughs> yes. the one percent of my, crocheters my, that have made money from crocheting. Yes, right. I, my first book is called The Adventurous Crocheter, and um, <laughs> the adventurous you know, crocheter. I, I, I just didn't want to be a writer. I was too scared, you know. But so now I'm just crocheting, and then, and then I wrote it as a book, and I then I thought, oh my, I think I really do want to be a writer, and I said to my husband, well, it, my first husband. That's an important part of the story. I said to him. I think I really want to be a writer. And he said, I don't want you to be a writer. And I said, why? And he said, I don't want you to be famous. Suppose you become famous. So I said, I promise I won't be famous. Isn't that sad? Oh. So obviously I had to leave him. But, <laughs> but then I went to New York and I, I, I went after it. You know, I finally did it. How do you go from writing about adventurous crocheting right? to writing personal humor uh, and novels? Well, I was eating chocolate pudding one night, and I was eating it my way, which is that it has... I, you know that pudding you cook and it has a little skin on the top, and mm. I like to make a little hole in the skin and then scoop the soft pudding underneath and then save the skin for last. So I was doing this, <laughs> okay, and I, I suddenly thought... Oh, my God, I'm eating like a child. So I wrote directions. You see, I was good at directions because I'd written a crochet book. 
Um, I wrote directions about how children eat food, and it was called How to Eat Like a Child, and it was like that, about the chocolate pudding and about, you know, like the Malamar where you eat the, cr- you eat the graham cracker first and then you peel the chocolate part off and then you leave the marshmallow between the cushions of the couch. It's like that, you know? <laughs> and, and it got published in the New York Times. It was a big success. It was my first real success, and I got offered a book contract, and I was a... A comedy. Then I was writing humor. And I mean, I had this amazing thing, but it amazing thing. I was already. I was thirty-two. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quick. It wasn't like I graduated college and I you know, right. knew what I was doing. Once it happened, it happened I just quite quickly. Wasted my twenties. I just. <laughs> I mean, everyone wastes their twenties, right? Well, not everyone. Some people are too smart to do that. But I. I mean, I blew the whole decade. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and in your book, too, you, you know, there's dog. That is one of the major parts yeah, of the dog. Right. dog. Yeah. Honey, your dog. How's Honey yeah, doing? Yeah, it's one of my major food groups. Um, <laughs> honey, well, I mean, I got a dog because I'm a stepmother, and anyone here who is a step-parent knows you have to get a dog so there's someone in the house that loves you. <laughs> and it changed my life to get Daisy. Uh, are you feeding her weird food? Like hyperallergenic? Oh, she is on a kangaroo diet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, she was eating her paw. So I did take her to the doggy dermatologist and don't ask what the bill was. And um, they said she's allergic to her food and she has to eat kangaroo. Yeah. So, well, so they make kangaroo into food? It seemed illegal to me. <laughs> but for dogs, it's fine. Out, no, I thought, is that endangered or something? But apparently not. It's dog food. Well, I have to tell you, we had a pet psychic over and um, nice, I did. I was writing a screenplay about a pet psychic. Of course, that's why I did it. And Jocelyn came over, and she said that Honey was happy, which we knew. We knew she was a happy dog. <laughs> but she said that that Honey wanted a litter. She didn't care that she wasn't a mother, but she wanted a litter of squeaky toy gorillas. I thought, oh, okay, right. Seemed a little weird. But then she said, Honey is worried about your left thigh. And I was wearing jeans that night. I had had something taken off my left thigh that week, okay? And there was no way Jocelyn could have known. I mean, it, was, it turned out to be fine, but I was waiting for results and everything. And I certainly hadn't mentioned it to the dog. So <laughs> I was really flabbergasted, okay? And there wasn't so, like a little blood coming out of your jeans no, or anything? No, nothing. nothing. No, there was no way. So I said... Well, of course I got her a litter of squeaky toy gorillas. I mean, she obviously really wanted a litter. I mean, I was really... And does she like them? Yeah, you have a dog, right? You want Jocelyn's phone number? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe. I'm afraid. (laughs) I'm afraid that she'll be like, Mocha isn't that happy. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm going to ask you this. Would you like to take and ask me another challenge? Well, no, actually. I mean, I will, but I'm totally terrified. I've never, ever been able to answer a question right on this show, and I have the question that you should ask me. Does espresso have more caffeine than regular coffee? Okay, hang on. Do you know the answer? Delia, does espresso have more caffeine (laughs) than regular coffee? No, less. It does? What? Yes. See, isn't that fascinating? Why am I drinking it? I don't know. Yeah, clearly I'm wrong. Thank you. That's (laughs) very helpful. One more time for our VIP, Delia Efren. Now, here's the game that we've put together for you. It's about movie taglines. Those one-sentence summaries and movie posters that hopefully get your attention and make you want to watch the film. Mm, No. Okay. (laughs) Go on. 
So in this game, we're going to focus on what else but romantic comedies. We're going to give you the tagline for a well-known romantic comedy, and all you have to do is guess the movie. For example, if I said, it's Monday morning, Bridget has woken up with a headache, a hangover, and her boss, you'd say, Bridget Jones' diary. Okay. Yeah. I would. And if you need a hint, Jonathan (laughs) Colton is going to give you a clue. Okay. All right, here we go. Can two friends sleep together and still love each other in the morning? Okay, when Harry met Sally. Exactly. Yay! And what do you think? What is the answer to that in reality? Yes. They can? Oh, yes. Two friends can sleep together and still love each other in the morning? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I asked you three times because I was trying to convince you out of it. It's very weird. You think, you think the answer is no? I, well, I, you know what? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Can the most famous film star in the world fall for just an ordinary guy? Oh, that's that Notting Hill. Isn't yes, it? exactly. Oh, I, I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it really is like, can two incredibly attractive two people... gorgeous people. <laughs> ...possibly make it can work? Can two movie stars <laughs> pretend to fall in love? Right. <laughs> I guess that's the premise of all romantic that's comedies, right. right? She walked off the street into his life and stole his heart. You mean, is that Pretty Woman? Yes, it wow. is. Very good. IMDb.com claims that there was another tagline for this uh, honest to god who knew it was so much fun to be a hooker (laughs) a mother a daughter three possible fathers take a trip down the aisle you'll never forget yeah I know that one three somethings and a baby (laughs) (laughs) three possible fathers and a baby (laughs) three man and a baby, right? What if I play this? You can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life. See that girl. Music is on my list, you know. Watch that scene, digging the dancing queen. Oh, oh, is that, oh, I'm, Wait a minute, but there is three men and a baby, right? And that is, is a movie. Yes. Right, that and then there's the Greek movie. movie that you're talking about, Mamma Mia. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. But the plots are exactly the same, right? You're right. The plots, all of these are the same, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they are. All romantic comedies are about why two people can't be together. That's the premise. Right. And then okay. at the end, they run. Yeah, right. <laughs> At odds in life, in love online. Oh, you've got mail. Exactly. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. Uh, Yeah, I feel like you kind of nailed this one. So we are going to give you, I know that you uh, need some toys in your life, so you are going to receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh, thank you. Let's hear it one more time for our fabulous VIP, Delia Efren. Where are those happy days that seem so hard to find? I've tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. Whatever happened to our love? Wish I understood. It used to be so nice, it used to be so good. When you need 
can't you hear me? Yes, always. Love you gave me nothing else can save me. Yes, always. When you're gone, how can I even try to go on? When you're gone, though I try, how can I carry on? Jonathan Colton. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back the winners from our earlier games. From the answer lies within, Kelsey Ament. From Mind Time, Sean Dugas. From Sounds Delicious, Ryan Finelli. And from Presidential Monster Hunter, Juan Gelpi. Our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, is going to crown our winner. Okay, here we go. This final round is called That's A-L-L, folks. Every answer is going to be a word or proper noun that has the letters A-L-L in consecutive order within it. For instance, a mistaken belief or an unsound argument would be a fallacy. F-A-L-L-A-C-Y. Now, we're playing this spelling bee style, which means that if you have a wrong answer, you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer, and the last person standing will be our Ask Me Another grand winner. Here we go. Kelsey, you're up first. Something that parents give to kids, sometimes in exchange for doing chores. Allowance. Correct. Sean, the musical partner of John Oates. Daryl Hall. Correct. Ryan. A highly infectious viral disease that was declared eradicated in 1980. Smallpox? Correct. Juan, a stand-up comic known for smashing watermelons. Gallagher. Correct. Kelsey, members of this California subculture like popularized uptalk? Valley Girls. Correct. Sean, the most famous chorus from Handel's Messiah. Hallelujah. Correct. Ryan, an Australian marsupial like a kangaroo, but smaller. A wallaby. Correct. Juan, Anna Pavlova and Dame Margot Fontaine are two famous examples of this type of dancer. Ballet. Correct. Kelsey. Founded in 1856, this U.S. company specializes in maps and atlases. Uh, All states. I'm sorry. No, that's not correct. Uh, Sean, do you know the answer to that one? Um, Rand McNally? Wow, yes, that is correct. All right, thank you for playing, Kelsey. Sorry to see you go. Ryan's up next. In music, a notation meaning a rapid tempo. Allegra. Correct. One. Deo. He comes up and counts Harry Belafonte's bananas. Hey, Mr. Tallyman. Tallyman is correct. <laughs> Very good one. All right, Sean. This Alabama super speedway is NASCAR's longest track. I, I don't know. I okay. Don't know. Thank you, Ryan. Do you know the answer? Talladega. Talladega is correct. Thank you for playing Sean. So we've got two people left, Ryan and Juan. Juan, you're up. 
The subject of the play Masterclass, this opera soprano was known for being a demanding diva. Maria Callas. Correct. All right, Ryan. An organ-like instrument with a set of steam-powered whistles or the Greek muse of epic poetry. I have no idea. Okay, Juan, do you know? Calliope. Yes, that is correct. Well done, Juan. And thank you, Ryan. Well done, Juan. You are Ask Me Another big winner. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. You not only get an autographed copy of Delia Efren's book, Sister, Mother, Husband, Dog, etc., but Delia will give you a personalized consultation on what kind of dog you should get. <laughs> She'll assess who you are, what you're into, and give you a breed consultation. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's our show. Thanks for listening. If you would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another, and you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Greg Pliska. Hey, my name anagrams to Sparkle Gig. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, John Chinesky, Travis Larchuk, Karen Lurie, Josiah Madigan, and Dan Schofield. Ask Me Another's produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Paul Ruest, Ivan Kuriev, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Coming up on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, the king of horror's son, novelist Owen King, offers a tip for aspiring writers. People ask me all the time, well, what do you do when you get to the hard part? And I just quit. (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, NPR's guiltiest and most puzzling pleasure. It's Ophira. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We would love to hear from you, so why not visit nprlistens.org and share any feedback and thoughts you have on our show. That's nprlistens.org. We look forward to hearing from you.